Sometime around 1977, I began going to a church just outside of Dallas. It was called Word of Faith. Robert Tilton was the pastor. I had gone also to the Bible study at the same church that met before the regular church meeting. At one point in time, several months had passed, and at one point in time, our Bible teacher said to me, Joan, there's a very big difference between you and the other people at this church. They talk about faith, but you live faith. From the beginning of the time I was born again, God taught me about the subject of faith. Hearing from God by his spirit and correctly doing the scripture or doing whatever I believe I've heard from God at the time. It started out with very big tests, not just little things. I owned a business at that time and a young woman thought she saw a way to get money from me. So she filed charges against me with the U.S. court system and proceeded to take me to court over an issue that occurred at my business. As I was preparing for this, I felt I heard a word from God. And the word I heard was, don't testify. I called my lawyer and said, you might not want to represent me, but I believe I've heard from God, and he has told me not to testify, so I'm not going to testify in this court case. He said, oh, I think it would be fine, Joan, because he said, Flo, who worked for me, witnessed the situation, and she'll testify. Now, how... Much do you really believe that word is from God? You often get to have it proved for yourself. I was really surprised in how much trouble that word caused me with the people who were supposedly on my side. When the woman who worked for me learned that I was not going to be testifying, she was really angry. And she said to me, Now that you're not testifying, all the pressure is on me. And I said, well, what can I do? I believe God has said to me, don't testify. Therefore, I can't testify. The man whom I was dating said, Joan, you're not doing this girl any favor by not testifying. I said, I'm not trying to do her any favor. I believe I've heard from God, and I'm simply trying to obey that which I believe I heard, which is don't testify. After Flo testified at the court trial, my lawyer came to me and said, Joan Flo's testimony didn't go as well as I thought it would go. We might still win the case, but I don't know. But if you will testify, I know we will win the case. So I went into the ladies' room there at the courthouse and prayed. 
And I said to God, what do you want me to do? And I heard, don't testify. So I went back into the courthouse. My lawyer looked at me and I just shook my head no. At one point during the two days that the court trial went on, I said to God, oh, I hope you know what you're doing. We're going to lose this case. My faith was wavering, remembering I'm a new Christian, completely new Christian. Anyway, we didn't lose the case. I did not testify, and we won the case. Sometimes there are real tests after you've heard from God. Will you really do what he said? Do you really believe that was God speaking to you? Will you really do it? Even when it costs you friends? And when other people think you've gone crazy? What about Abraham? He's a great example of faith. A great example for us. Let's look at that. Here is the pattern for faith. Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. He didn't even know where they were to go when he left his father's house. The first thing he had to do was get out of his country and out away from his kindred and from his father's house. Abram had a wife at that time. What about his wife? Was he going to talk it over with her, or was he just going to obey God? Well, he just obviously obeyed God. Sometimes we just simply have to do what we hear when we really believe we've heard from God. And our foes might be they of our own household. That's not unusual. Here he can't even tell anyone where he's going because he doesn't know until he leaves the land where he's going to be going. For God said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. He didn't know ahead of time. He took that step of leaving his father's house and his kindred and his country to go to a place he didn't even know where he was going. That's the example of faith. And verse 4 says, So Abraham, Abram departed. He was later renamed Abraham. Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. He did the instruction that he heard from God. Another great example in the Bible of faith is Noah. Genesis chapter 6. Start at verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. 
And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So God is not going to destroy Noah. And the people around Noah are saved because Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. Verse 11. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, Here is the beginning of the basis for faith. You can't do anything until you hear from God. You might hear a direct word from God like I heard on the word, Don't testify. You might... Have the Spirit of God who is in you, if you belong to God, the Holy Spirit will bring to your thoughts a word from God. God said to Noah, that's the beginning of the situation where Noah is concerned. God spoke to him. The end of all flesh is come before me, says God. For the earth is filled with violence from them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. And God is going to instruct exactly how big to make the ark and how to build the ark. And he also tells Noah to bring the animals into the ark to save their life and to take his wife and his family into the ark. And once Noah built the ark, God shut the door to the ark. After Noah got everything in there and did exactly according to the instructions, the Lord shut the door to the ark. What do you think happened when Noah was building that ark? Obviously, people of his neighborhood were watching him Don't we watch one another in our neighborhood? Don't we say, I wonder what he's doing over there. Oh, he's landscaping. Of course we watch watch the people around us. Here's Noah who's going to do something that no one's seen before. He's building this huge boat. Someone's bound to have said, what are you doing, Noah? Don't you think Noah would tell them the truth? That's speaking the gospel. The gospel means God's story. We try to tell them what God has told us to do when they inquire. They may not understand. They may not even like to hear that we believe we've heard from God. They may think we're crazy. They may tell other people we're crazy. There are a lot of things that go on after we've heard from God. Jesus once said, I came to divide. I, the word, come to divide. For I'll set father against son, mother against daughter. The word divides. 
because people are watching us. One time I fell at my house in Texas, broke a hip and a left wrist, and as the ambulance workers were rolling me past the front door of my house, I heard this word, which I believed with all my heart to be from God. You'll never see this house again. While I was in the hospital in Lubbock, Texas, I hired a realtor to put the house up for sale. One of our church members said to me, I don't see how you can do this. I said, well, I heard a word from God when they rolled me past the front door. You'll never see this house again. If I'm not going to see the house again, the appropriate action is to put it up for sale. She just stared at me. At one point in time, she reported hearing what she believed to be a word from God in her life. She heard, now is the time to get a dog. She probably reported this to us about two months after she heard the the word. Another three or four months passed and she still didn't have a dog. She was looking for a dog, trying to find the kind of dog. But what did that word say to her? Now is the time to get a dog. When we hear a word from God, we must be careful to do that instruction in an appropriate way. And this same woman who was in our church group at that time She finally bought a dog. I'd say it was about six to eight months after she heard that word. But she finally bought a dog. The dog was going to be delivered to her from someplace in California, and she lived in Texas. They had animal carrier who was going to accompany the dog and bring it to her. The plane was arriving around midnight. I was very concerned about this plan because this woman got lost in the middle of the day when she tried to drive around in Lubbock. She had no sense of direction. How is she going to go out to the airport, which is out in the country about 12 miles north of Lubbock? At midnight, park in an area that they have for cars walk in the night to the terminal building to pick up this dog. This terrified me. So I turned to God in prayer and I said, I'm really concerned about her, her safety. And instantly I heard, have her rent a chauffeur-driven car. And I said, oh, that's a great plan. The car will come to her house, pick her up. The driver can safely drive her to the front of the terminal. He doesn't even have to park his car. She gets out of the car at the curbside. He watches her go into the terminal. She comes out with the dog and he brings her home and sees that she's safely in her front door of her house. I told her the plan. And she loved it. A few days later, 
she changed the plan. Now, I had told her I prayed about it, and this is what I heard. And at first she rejoiced. A few days later, she reasoned it away. And she said to me, I've decided I don't need a driver. I don't need anyone to pick me up. What I've arranged for is the man who is delivering the dog to me, I've arranged for a chauffeured limousine to pick him up at his his hotel the next day and take him to the airport because I don't want to get up early and have to take him. She was so twisted in her thinking. This is an adult man who makes a living going from city to city delivering animals. Do you not think he can get from his hotel to the airport with all his experience? She just twisted everything terribly. I was very upset with her. So when she saw how upset I was with her, she went back to the original plan of having the chauffeur-driven limousine come for her at her house. She had plenty of money to pay for this. It didn't even cost much in Lubbock. I believe it was something like $30 to get this done. She had a habit of not following instructions. You have to follow the instructions. When God told Abraham to take his only begotten son, Isaac, and sacrifice him, Abraham had to follow those instructions exactly. Isaac said to him, I see the wood for the fire, I see the knife for the sacrifice, but where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will provide himself a sacrifice. Isaac didn't know he was the sacrifice, but Abraham had such faith in God that he knew God could raise Isaac from the dead even after he killed him. He knew God could raise him from the dead. And Abraham reasoned, we read this in Hebrews 11, Abraham reasoned that Isaac actually came from the dead because he came from the dead womb of Sarah and he came from his own dead body and he knew he was the child of the promise of God and that even if he had to sacrifice him and he planned to sacrifice him, he was going to kill Isaac. He bound Isaac, put him on top of the wood raised the knife to kill him, and an angel of God spoke out and said, No, stop, Abraham, because now I know that you will give up your son, your only begotten son. You will do what I say. There are tests in life. Will you really do what God says? Do you really know it's God speaking to you? Do you have the Spirit of God? For if you don't even have the Spirit of God and you're just a churchgoer, you're not equipped to walk on this earth because first you have to be born again by God, by His Spirit. And when you're born again by God, by His Spirit, you're changed instantly. I've had several reports from people who went to church, but all of a sudden they were changed. When you're born of God, by God, you're changed. That's the main thing. It's not that you learn to change. 
It's that God changes you. That's being born again. Now, if you're not born again, how are you going to follow God if you don't have the Spirit of God? If you're just somebody who's gone to church all their life, and you've done the rules of the church, and you've worked at the church, but you haven't had that experience with God, that personal experience where by his own will he speaks to you and causes you to be changed. That's being born again. If you've never had that experience, I suggest you just start begging God to have mercy on you. For it's all a work of God, not of yourself. It's by the will of God. That won't make any sense to the natural man. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, says Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can they he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Jesus, John 3, 3, Except you be born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. You can't see things of God unless you're born again. And you can't make yourself be born again by going to church or by doing anything they tell you at church or by reading the Bible even. Only as God wills are you born again and changed. And then you can see the things of God after you're born again because you're sealed with the Spirit of God, which is the Spirit of Truth. So there are people who go to church and they want to do works of God and they read the Bible and they follow a scripture without really hearing from the Spirit of God. There's a difference between reading a scripture with our natural mind and having that scripture electrified to us as we read it. When the Holy Spirit causes that scripture to stand out to us, that is of God. When we read with our natural mind, we might end up doing all types of things that are not of God by trying to follow that scripture. Do you really want to go and, like the rich young ruler and sell all your things and give all your money to the poor? <laughs> well, I don't want to do that. I don't know what you want, but if it was the Spirit of God telling me to do that, I would hope that I would do it. But just reading the Bible and saying, oh, I need to go sell all my things and give all the money to the poor. Ah, you better have God behind you to do that. There is a couple that attended word of faith at the time I was there, a young couple, early 20s. They worked at secular jobs. They announced to us that they were going to Israel to minister the gospel. They quit their secular jobs, went to Israel. One week later, they were back at the church. We were all saying, what happened? And they, their report was this. We got to Israel. We can't speak the language. We couldn't do a thing. So they came back to Dallas. I know there are many people who follow religious spirits who are not of God and try to do works which are not of God. Looking at 
Matthew chapter 7. Start at verse 21. Jesus says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then says Jesus, I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. They come telling Jesus at the day of judgment, but I've prophesied in your name. I've cast out devils in your name. I have done many wonderful works at the church in your name. I visited the sick. There was one woman that, this story is amazing, but there's one woman that um, this uh, other woman had an operation, and so she went to the house and knocked on the door and said to this woman's husband, I'm going to bring you some food. Um, what do you need? And he said, oh, we don't need anything. And she said, well, that won't work. <laughs> so she went to Sam's or Walmart and bought a bunch of food and carried it over to their house, food they didn't need, food that he was able to go get because it was in her agenda to do this good work. And nothing was going to stop her. So she went to their house, rang the doorbell. The husband came to the door, and he said, Oh, my goodness. And she gave him the box of food, food they didn't need, food he was able to go get. Now, that's an example of a good work which isn't authored by God. I suspect we've all done that type of thing. You're going to be turned away by Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ as he says, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, because any work that isn't authored by God is an evil work. I have ministers who contact me from around the world, send me emails. They're telling me, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm building a home for the aged. I'm building a school for orphans. I'm taking care of orphans. I want to give a Bible to every person who comes to my meetings. Send me your money. I don't send them any money. I don't believe those works are authored by God. And when I say to these ministers, how did you know to do this? They don't know how they knew to do it. There was one of them that came to our house. He was a bug exterminator, and he quickly identified himself as being a Christian, and he quickly began telling me about he was meeting this other man who's a prophet, and they went in the summers for about two weeks from city to city, and he wanted to tell me the names of the city, and I just stopped him and said, wait a minute, how did... How did God tell you to do this? How did he tell you to do such a thing? He couldn't answer me. When a minister can't tell you how God told him to do this, it's a good time to beware of that minister. I went on radio January in January of 1980. 
How did I know to do that? How did God tell me to do that? Well, in the night I was asleep and a very loud voice spoke three words in my ear. Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I jumped out of bed and wrote KWJS on a notepad because I felt it was call letters to either radio or television, and I didn't know which, and I didn't want to get those letters mixed up. After I wrote the letters down, I found out it was a radio station, and I said to God, Are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. Instantly, I heard from God by His Spirit, who brought this thought to my mind, call the radio station manager. That same morning, I called the radio station manager, and I said, God might be showing me to go on the radio. How would you do that? He said, make an audition tape 29 and a half minutes long. Send it to me, and if you fit our broadcasting, we'll offer you a contract. So that same morning, I made a cassette tape, 29 and a half minutes long, put it in the mail to the radio station manager. Within five days, I was broadcasting on Radio KWJS. Within a year, I was on radio from Hartford to Seattle, coast to coast in the United States. When you believe you've heard from God, you must take appropriate action. Action that is appropriate to that word. I've so often heard church people, churchgoers, I should say, say things like, oh, God would never allow that to happen to me. Well, how do they know that? What word are they, did they really hear from God telling them that? Did they pray and commit the situation to God? Or did they just presumptuously assume God would never let that happen to them? When coronavirus struck and when they developed vaccines, I did not want to take the vaccine. But I did not want to be presumptuous in my actions, so I turned to God. And I said, the honest thing I don't want to take this vaccine, but if you want me to take it, please show me. That's the way we have to go. We can't just decide, God would never let this happen to me. We must humble ourselves in the sight of God. And that means praying, bringing the problem to God in prayer and acting in an appropriate way when he shows us something after we have prayed. I've had God show me things before I prayed. I've had God show me things after I've prayed. Either way, you have to base your faith on that word that you believe you've heard from God in that situation. I'm currently 83 years old. I got frightened one day. Thoughts were coming to me like, what if this happens to you? What if that happens to you? I turned to God, help. Help. I instantly heard two scriptures. One is a part of a scripture 
that's at the end of that promise about the hundredfold return. And at the end of that promise, it says they will receive now in this life and in the world to come eternal life. And I said, okay, I know that I hear from you. I know I followed you. And I know this fits me. Therefore, in the end time, I'm promised eternal life. And the second scripture I heard was John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice. Now, lots of people who go to church are not the sheep. In the end, God separates, Jesus will separate the sheep from the goats. The sheep are those who really are his, that belong to him, that have heard from him. All right, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me, John 10. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Now that does not pertain to every churchgoer because many churchgoers have put themselves in the church by doing works such as being baptized, which I have been baptized twice. So I certainly believe baptism is an ordinance of the church. But to do it without hearing from the Spirit of God is another matter. I was baptized when I was 15, and I was born again when I was 37. When I was 15, I went forward at church, was baptized in water because I didn't want to go to hell. I didn't repent of my sins. I didn't even know I was committing sins. The Holy Spirit hadn't shown me that. But when I was 37, I heard a word from God. And the word I heard was, Joan, you know these mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, ah, sins? I thought they were mistakes. About two years later, I heard from God be baptized. So I was baptized that same day. To me, when God tells me something, it's do it. And I will do it that day usually if I can do it that day. I just assume he tells me to do something when it's time to do it. That may not be the best assumption, but that is what's in my heart. I was on an airplane. I owned my business at that time. I was on an airplane going to Albuquerque, New Mexico to buy art objects for my business. My cousin Jean was meeting me at the airport. As the wheels touched down on the runway, I heard, be baptized. My cousin Jean was Church of Christ member all her life. So I said to Jean, if you can arrange it today at the church, I will be baptized. And she said, but you've already been baptized. I said, yes, but I wasn't born again. And now I'm born again and I've heard be baptized. She didn't understand anything I was saying and I knew it. But she said, well, okay. So she did set it up. At the church that afternoon, there were 15 or so of my relatives. And the young minister said to me, would you like to say anything? I said, well, I guess so. I just talk, started talking as, so to speak, the Spirit gave utterance as he brought things to my mind. My cousin 
One of my cousins was sitting out there, and she began shaking her head up and down as I taught. My uncle started crying. When I finished speaking, the minister took me up to the baptistry, and as he lowered me into the water, the Holy Spirit said to me, This is like being buried with Christ. As I came out of the water, the Holy Spirit said to me, This is like being raised with Christ. I went dressed and went back downstairs, and my relatives were still there, and my uncle came to me, and he still had tears in his eyes. And he said to me, I have never heard anybody say what you said today. Will you write that out for me and send it to me? I said, well, I guess I guess I can. I had no idea I was going to be a minister at that time. I owned a business. I'm sure I didn't even know a woman could be a minister. But I wrote it out for him, sent it to him, and years later I realized my uncle was born again at the time I spoke those words. When I got back to Dallas, my best friend was just very upset with me because I was baptized in Albuquerque. She said, we were going to do that here. She said, we'd planned to tell you that. We, we had planned to have a party and have you baptized. And we had planned this and that. And you think Church of Christ is a better place to be baptized than a Baptist church? And I said, no, 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 I don't think so. But I told her what happened. I told her about my uncle. And then she realized I did what was of God. I was following the instructions of God. And so she was no longer upset with me. There's frequently people that get upset with you when you follow God. Sometimes there are people who are actually born-again people, like I think Donna was born again. And sometimes they're just people of the world where what you do makes no sense and you're saying, I believe I've heard from God, and to them that just means you're crazy. But you know the truth. I know whom I have believed, Paul said. And we who are born again, we know. We know we're not the same person. We know we're born again. And we know the Spirit of God when he speaks. That's what Jesus says in John 10. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. He even says in John 10, we won't follow a voice of a stranger. Righteousness from God is revealed from faith to faith. Each problem we have in this life, we turn to God, we hear from God, we believe we've heard from God, we do appropriate things to the word that we believe we've heard from God. That we keep going along in life, we run into another problem. Same pattern. We turn to God from faith to faith, problem to problem, giving us the opportunity to turn to God, to hear from God, and to have faith in God by the word that he brings us after we've prayed. And even before we pray over something, sometimes he speaks to us, and we know we've heard from him. Like I heard from him, you'll never see this house again, when I was injured in Lubbock. We know the voice of God when we belong to God, because the Spirit of God lives in us. 
We are not trying to be godly. We are godly because God is in us. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.